Hi, I'm Sean L. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic, found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Bill Hader was nominated for three Emmy Awards for acting during his eight seasons as a cast member on Saturday Night Live. He's also written for South Park, lent his voice to animated hits such as Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and Inside Out, and served up memorable supporting roles in the films Superbad, Tropic Thunder, and Trainwreck. After co-creating the great IFC mockumentary series Documentary Now, he now stars as Barry in HBO's Barry, about a Marine veteran who becomes a hitman but realizes his true potential, or disastrous end, could come by pursuing an acting career in Hollywood. Cater created, wrote, and directed, and executive produced Barry with Alec Berg, who's no stranger himself to HBO, as a past EP on Curb Your Enthusiasm and current EP on Silicon Valley. Cater and Berg sat down with me during South by Southwest in Austin to explain how and why they made Barry. So let's get to it! So, Bill Hader, um, this is finally, when you went to Hollywood at first, you wanted to be a filmmaker. Yeah. And so, with Barry, you're finally yeah. getting to do that, directing. Yeah. yeah, I know, it was a very circuitous way of getting to, yeah, that's, a lot of people do that, they get on Saturday Night Live, and then they do a bunch of comedies, and then they they become that guy in a couple of movies, <laughs> and then, you know, you know. but, uh, yeah, no, it was good, but, you know, it was the first thing I'd ever really directed, and, um... I had a lot of fun doing it and uh, learned a lot, and it was really interesting having done that. And then the other directors, Maggie Carey and Hiro Murai and um, Alec, and getting to be an actor in their episodes, I learned a lot as well, just like on anything. It, it was interesting being a part of a thing that I had, had helped kind of, you know, Alec and I are the co showrunners of the show, so we had kind of shaped the season. And. And being a part of it and kind of imagining it one way and then seeing how these other directors interpreted it, how I, uh, you know, I learned a lot, right. you know, kind of going, oh, that's interesting, the way I cover that. Oh, that's better. Oh, I like that better than what was in my head, and, you know, so um, it helped, you know. How did it compare your original dreams of being a filmmaker? Oh, if I would have made film, if I would have gone the what I wanted to do, I would have lasted very, not very long, yeah. <laughs> Also, just because you have just such a um, high bar, you know, I was one of those people, you know, the influence is so big. If it wasn't as good as, you know, Taxi Driver or something, then it just would be terrible. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, it was... Kubrick or bust. Yeah, it's like, it has to be Dr. Strangelove or it's, uh, I've just wasted my time. So I would start a lot of things and then get into post and kind of abandon them because I thought oh this isn't good and you know I was too in my head I didn't I, and then I think going through Saturday Night Live and and writing and performing it, it gave me this practical knowledge and kind of knocked out all the romanticism that I had had before and right. kind of said oh yeah it's just these are the steps and it's actually keep it simple and it's it's uh, it's a lot of just work you know well, and directing for Saturday Night Live is such a different beast. 
because it's yeah. a live television show with so many yeah. parts. Well, I remember Chris Rock said to me he, one time, he goes, oh, if you run SNL, you can direct a movie because you write your pieces and you cast them and you have to deal with all the department heads and you have to do all that stuff. So, you know, it's, it's a... Uh, it's a. Uh, it, 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 that's what I mean. It was like practically doing it and not realizing. Oh, this is what directing is. The only new addition is uh, uh, director of photography. You know, and working with them and and uh, and other you know post facilities and you know working in post mm-hmm. and things like that. But you know, a lot of it I felt very calm doing. It was more. To be honest, it was more post-production was the thing. I remember on the pilot, I came to you like, I haven't gone through this on something, you know. Well, the, the first cut of the pilot was 45 minutes, and I went, oh, I don't know what we can cut. And you were like, oh, this is, Alex said, oh, this is like a giant, beautiful block of clay that we're going <laughs> to watch us. And within a day, Alex just went in and cut out 15 minutes, and I didn't miss any of it, <laughs> you know. And you went, oh. Oh, this is the process. Oh, I see. And it's yeah. a practical, trusting the process, taking it step by step. And I had this um, naive uh, film nerd version thing that all those choices I were seeing was the first and only choice, that there were no missteps in <laughs> yeah, any right. of that. It's perfect. They just so. sat down, they mapped it out beforehand, and they said, we're going to do it just like this, and the actors are going to say it exactly like this, and then you go into it and you go, oh no, it's it's a whole living being that you're wrangling. How, how did you first meet Alfred? I think our agent. Yeah, but I think also you did Clear History, which I yeah. wrote yeah. on. And so we sort of knew each other from sort of comedy circles, but also we had the same agent. Yeah, and I said, my agent said, oh, you you know, you got this blind deal with HBO. You know, is this a thing you want to do on your own or do you want to collaborate with somebody? And and he said, uh, well, you know, what about Alec? And I said, well, you know, I just sat and chatted with him at SNL. You came to SNL once. Yeah. Yeah. With Sasha Baron Cohen for The Dictator, and then you came, and then it's a clear history premiere. Yeah. And we just bullshitted for a while, and then we sat down at a diner and kind of. I think we quickly realized that in our. We both have worked in other groups, and I don't. I think it's fair to say in those groups, we were usually like the engine guy. Yeah. You, you know, the person that was like, here's the schedule, we're going to meet at this time, <laughs> and we're used to people not showing up on time. <laughs> And those I've people didn't show time or mess up were the ones that were the most, like, kind of, not flaky, but had, like, really great ideas and were more right-brain, left-brain type people. And Because yeah. I, I remember when we met, I showed up expecting you to be an hour late. <laughs> and you showed up on time, and I felt like you were looking at me like, oh, oh, he's on time. <laughs> and then you put out a notebook, yeah. and I pulled out a notebook, and I went, well, you came prepared. Oh, I also came prepared. Yeah, and it was a bit so weird. like, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. wow. Oh, well, I did some notes. Yeah, I did some notes, too. Whoa, wait. I'm so yeah. used to being people being annoyed by this trait, but... <laughs> well, Alec, is there is there some dark comedy past that you have? Because most I, of your associations on projects are with comedians. Yeah. No, I think I'm getting progressively darker and, and meaner as I get older. And also, I'm, I'm Swedish, so I have a lot of sort of... You know, dark, mm-hmm. angry, moody demons in my bones. Right, because you worked um, with you worked with Jerry Seinfeld. Yep. Then Larry yep. David. Yep. Then Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh huh. And now the guys from Silicon Valley. Yep. 
Where does where does how does Bill compare to all those people you've dealt with? Um, yeah, say it in front of me now. <laughs> he's slightly I mean, taller. Yeah. Um, no, I mean this is really the first thing that has gotten on the air that I've been responsible for building from the ground up. So in that sense, that's been I think the most rewarding. You joined Mike. I came on after the pilot was shot. Okay. And we reshot about half of the pilot, so I was there from almost the beginning. But there was a pilot that existed before before I got on, and this is really the first thing that's made it this far that I've been responsible for building from the ground. And that to me is the most rewarding part of yeah. it. It's just that it's like every every kernel of this thing is something that we had a hand in and you know we made all those decisions and, and so that has been feel being able to use his specific set of comedy tools well, it's, to work with it, I always feel like like I'm not a guy who like sits like we never had a conversation about like okay here's how this is going to work like yeah. it's been always just a very much of a feel thing where mm-hmm. we were both like oh I think that's it you know? Yeah, I mean, we talked about another idea for a while where I was playing kind of a bigger character, like an Oklahoma guy that just didn't work. I mean, we worked on it for about a month and a half and just thought, well, this yeah, isn't I working. Think, I think the problem is this doesn't work. Yeah, that was the problem <laughs> with it. My big note here is that yeah. you shouldn't do this. Yeah, my one thought is no. Yeah, and then we decided... Uh, you know, and I just kind of in oh, not almost not frustrated, a little bit of frustration. Just said, I don't know, like what are the highest stakes that you can have in life and death? What if I was a hitman? And Alec said, Ugh, hitman! I hate that word. Just hitman. Ugh. You know, and assassin. Yeah, but you know, it, it conjures up an image of a guy with skinny black tie and two forty fives in his hand and slow motion and you know and, and kind of ultra violent type stuff and and uh, that's Bill Hader. Yeah, and I was like, no, no, what if it was me? <laughs> I said, what if it was just me being kind of like me, uh, like a like a dumb kind of white guy, former Marine as a hitman, but it's uh, you know trying to get in touch with himself or something and then very quickly that same meeting you thought well, what if he took an acting class well I think we were talking about like we sort of came at it from this this idea of like you know Bill was on SNL and it was a very anxiety ridden eight years from from the way he tells it and it was he was incredibly good at it that's not the part he said that's yeah. the part I inferred um but it was also incredibly stressful, but it was this thing of, like, you know, he had clearly an aptitude for it, and he couldn't walk away from it because it was working so well, but it wasn't something that he ultimately, you know, was super happy doing. And I thought that idea, when we talked about this, the idea of somebody who has this gift, who is sort of trapped by that gift, was sort of interesting, and then that became Hitman, and then we decided, well, okay, what is the thing that he wants to do that isn't that that maybe he's not very good at. So you have a guy who's very good at something he hates and very bad at something that he loves and is trying to decide what to do. And that became yeah, his acting it, class. His acting class. And then we liked acting class because of just, if you know, one hitman is you live in the shadows and, and you have to be anonymous to do your job. And, and acting is polar opposite of that. And, then, and if he does his job and, and does it correctly... Uh, meaning he becomes an actor, 
he'll probably get killed. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it was an interesting kind of uh, but, situation. But, but you also root for him to pursue this thing that makes him happy. So ultimately, like, ideally, the audience is rooting for Bill's death. Yeah, they're, they're rooting for him to get killed. <laughs> yeah. Ideally, that well, would be Well, I only watched the first two episodes. Oh, okay. So. All right, well, he doesn't die in those. No, he does not. No spoilers. No, no spoilers. He lives through Other the first two episodes. Other people die, yeah. but not Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barry um, does not die in the first two episodes of Barry. Yeah. How how much anxiety did you feel when you first started taking the Second City Hollywood class? I have pretty... Yeah, I had real bad anxiety there, too. I just have, like, a pretty... I just it's that irony you know irony uh, that I have bad stage fright I just I mean I get up in front of people and I kind of calm down once I'm up there it's more just the anticipation of it and is it like that. is it bigger or, or or worse or better when you're when you're doing an impersonation because you can hide behind that a little bit a little character. bit but you're still having to land a thing and on Senate live it's this thing of you have one chance to land it and it's on live television right and like everything, you're kind of better the more you're, you don't care. You, you, if you're relaxed, you're funnier and you're a better right. performer. And I'm more relaxed when we're on set because I know, oh, that didn't work. Well, let's do another one. Or, you know, But on SNL, it's, that's it. And so towards the end of SNL, I think I got to a point where I didn't care. Uh, if I was going to do well or mm-hmm. not, and that that kind of weirdly helped me, you know. What was the key to to, to that kind of emotional breakthrough for you? I think just being there for a while. Um, I, you know what I would do is I would play a weird trick where I would purposely say my first line wouldn't be my first line. It would trick my brain into saying, "Oh, you you screwed up. You didn't land it." So instead of saying, if I was a game show host, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, I would say, hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. And that would trick my brain in a way. So you've so already I, ruined it? So. so I ruined it, and I'm still alive, so now I can go on and I would relax. Did it Lauren, did Lauren too, know you were doing that? I don't, I don't know if he did, and if he did, I don't know if he cared. <laughs> that actually makes me look at Stefana in a different way, because yeah. part of the allure of that was that Mulaney was writing lines that you never yeah, saw. Yeah, yeah, because but, he was messing with me, yeah. But, but that's always been portrayed as him messing with you, but if you don't know what the lines are, then it doesn't matter if you're messing with Yeah, up. well, those were, I was very nervous during those, because you're walking into a minefield, you don't know where it's going to go off, so each time they turn the card... <laughs> My, my heart goes into my throat because I'm waiting to see the brand new ink right. you know the new like you know it's all in blue or black and then you could always tell when it's something new because it's fresh ink on it and I could tell so they would turn it and i go uh you know and, and it's always one word or two words to mm-hmm. throw me off Dan Cortez was the last one I, he, had, he put Dan Cortez in every single club <laughs> and I started laughing it was totally normal. It was just what was written, and mm. except he just put Dan Cortez in every club. <laughs> and I was like, and most of the time I'm laughing because it's not, it's kind of funny, but just mm. how funny he thinks it is. Right. But, but also, he was standing right next to the cards, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that time he was home in L.A., but most of the time he's, I could see him on the other side of the cards with his arms full, like his arms crossed, kind of watching me, kind of gravely chewing on gum or something like a football coach, you know, watching me, you know, waiting for me to fuck up and then pointing every time I would start laughing, so. 
now, you know, with most people who come off of SNL, some people come off the show with big expectations and some not so much. You had, you've always had these breakout roles in, in movies and supporting things, whether it was Superbad or Chocolate mm-hmm. Thunder. Um, was there any apprehension to finally taking on your own project with Barry? No, the funny thing was I was trying to get uh, my own project going for a while or, and it would either not go mm-hmm. because the industry just wasn't interested or I would just kill it at some point because I became uninterested. Uh, but it was always a thing that I felt more comfortable in doing. Uh, as a, uh, But, you know, I did a movie Skeleton Twins and I was in Trainwreck like I had some bigger roles that I was you know right, I was doing but I didn't have to but it wasn't a thing that it was my character right. yeah but uh I just felt like that was always the thing that it came from being at Saturday Night Live which was you know you'd rather if you're gonna fall on your sword it'd just be for your own doing rather than someone else's idea and it's your face up on the poster and you go I have no control over any of that that's happening right now. Um, Did you and Alec have to have any conversations about that? I don't know what that conversation... Don't destroy my life? Don't destroy my life? Yeah, I don't know how that conversation would go on. No, but it... it, No, it's just like... We wrote it together and we created it together, so therefore I felt comfortable. So if people don't like it, I could at least stand behind and go, well, they didn't like it, but I like it, instead of, oh, they don't like it, and I don't like it either, and I wish it wasn't on, my face wasn't on it. Yeah, and it's easy (laughs) for me. I I know, I I know. I can just go, oh, they hate that guy. They hate that guy, and he can just hide behind me. (laughs) No, I know know multiple comedians who have been on shows that lasted multiple seasons, and they hated the show. Yeah. And they thought it was garbage, but the network kept renewing it. Yeah, and then you kind of go, well, I'm making good money, and uh, I think in that situation, you just have to try to be doing that. You try to make your own thing, you know, the best you can. And um, Was this the first time you really made your own thing? No, we did this thing documentary now with those guys, and uh, I had written a lot of scripts. Oh, Blue Jean Committee, right on. (laughs) Yeah, that that thing, that that show. Uh, Yeah, documentary now, and... uh, and uh, and that was a great, you know, fun thing. But again, that was me and Seth and Fred and Reese right. and Alex. And uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely. It's, I mean, I will say this: driving around LA right now, there's Barry billboards everywhere, and that's a new thing for me. I, I haven't had that. The train wreck one, I'm I'm halfway hidden behind Amy Schumer, so I, I've had half of that. And LeBron's had, probably on most of those too. I, no, he's not on any because oh. he's a surprise. But um, but I'm so I've had half of that experience, but I haven't had the full experience, which okay. is my full face on a billboard. Were there any of your friends and colleagues who who have been good to talk to about this? Be like, don't worry about it. It's, no. I mean, You're on HBO, it's a good show. I mean, I, I feel like I just have, I'm just, I mean, I'm, it's most of the conversation I have with Alec, you know, we just, again, it's that thing you learn, it's that practical thing that you learn over time of just like, you just take it step by step and there's only so much you could do and the important thing is that I feel like we set out to make exactly what we wanted to make. I yeah. mean, I look at it now and there's certain aspects like on anything where I'm like, ugh, I wish we could have shot that differently or I would have changed that or whatever. Well, of course. But, I mean, we were talking about this, that like when you write something, you do multiple drafts of it, right? It's not like you write it once and that's it. Right. And then, you know, you get to do multiple takes 
you know, but when you're kind of done directing something and you've cut it together, it's like you don't get to then go back and go, oh, okay, let's do it again. There's no final iteration of that. It sort of it's is no what it is. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's well, like, you can't go back and go, oh, I messed up that. You know, in animation, you can do that. That's why those Pixar movies are so good because they can do them over and over again. Uh, sketches and stuff, but it's like you know. Oh, we set this scene in a bar. What if it were in a yeah, hotel and you're, instead? And you're at a thing like South by Southwest, staying in the back, watching it, going, "This shouldn't be in a bar. This should be out." You know what? This should have been outside at the house because it would have made more sense if blah blah blah. Those things happen to you, and you just you have nothing to. But that's what I mean. It's like more of the practical things as opposed to oh my gosh, uh, what does this mean in my but, I mean, I don't really have a lot of control over that aspect of it. It sounds like when you're not talking about being live on stage, you're pretty cool. I'm very with how calm. Life goes. I feel like on set, yeah. I mean, we were very calm on as set. As long as it's not live on stage, as long as it's you not have live. zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're super I mean, chill about everything, about your well, career, about. Yeah. Also, you well, know, you I have, have time other things like. What? HBO gives you the time. Yeah. You know, I'm not being a corporate shill. I just love the no, way they No, I loved they it. They were like, great. Yeah, it was... Their notes were were awesome and to the point. And, and story notes, instead of, gosh, it'd be great if... It'd be very easy on this show, especially with the tone that it weighed, the way it is, to say, could you make the violence just a little funny? Can we just have some levity to some of these scenes and not only did they not say that but I feel like that was the stuff that they enjoyed about it yeah was yeah, that like, the like Stephen Root getting yeah and I, I but I yeah, think they reacted like to it's not funny but then it ends up being not funny at all yeah but that's the that's the hope you know is that I, I guess that seemed to be more disturbing by the way <laughs> we were talking yeah. about that on the plane yeah. where I was like you adorn that with too much stuff that should be a little bit more disturbing <laughs> it's like that stuff. Where right. You kind of go, yeah. ah, man, we really could have made that more disturbing. But I think they actually, like, their reaction was perfect. I think they yeah. were just like, whoa. They went, wow. That's okay. not what wow. we were expecting. That's cool. That's cool. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of, um, don't you think that might bump people out? Is it, can you do a funny scene after that scene? And we're going to go, well, we're going to cut it together and see. And I think the reason for me it works is because. That juxtaposition is what he's going through. Is you make the crime world very real, and you make the the acting world very you know uh, real in its own fun sense, and you put them next to each other. You're gonna have you know uh, crime show, crime show, crime show, waiting for Guffman. Yeah, <laughs> crime show, waiting for Guffman. It's gonna have this kind of thing, and then our job from there is this kind of alchemy of a little of this, a little more of that. And ideally to make them all feel like they're in part of the same... Same world, same is world. then you kind of do that. And some of that can even be, this is the other thing I learned, is like color correction of going, oh, boost up that color here, but, but darken, keep the dark. You, you know, yeah. going through there and you go, oh, now this scene, this is all in the same universe. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel like two movies. It oh, feels right. like, oh, now it's in the same universe. Just because of the color, and I know that seems like no shit, but it works on a thematic level as well as just like an a visual level. Does, yeah. that, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's like one of those tricks where it's just like, oh, if the same piece of music is playing over this scene and then it continues over this scene, we're in the same world. Even if it's jarring, yeah. it feels like it's all one thing. Exactly. Yeah. So that was a lot of the trick of it, and we had these Jeff Buchanan and Kyle Richter, these two amazing editors. 
who really got it too, and that, and that's important. That's a huge help. And our and our DP Paolo Vidobro is unreal. She's amazing, and she got it. You know, that that's the thing is that we got very lucky that we were all making the same thing. Whereas, like at SNL, the the name of it is is it's everybody's different. It's a whole hour and a half of nine different sensibilities. Yeah. That's why people don't fully like an episode. It's very rare that people love a full episode. They were like, I like this, that was lame, that was whatever, because it's yeah. every sketch is written by different people usually. A different, point of, view. different point of view and yeah. a different comic sensibility. And so um, I like that about the show. But, I mean, I'm hosting next week, and I'm sure I'll... As of Saturday at you know ten and ten p.m., I'll probably have a bit of a flip out, but you know, it's good. Now I just know it's coming, and <laughs> and I'm like, oh, here, there you are, buddy. Well, if, if, if it's kind of like a really like shitty uncle just showing up and be like, Bill, how the hell are you doing, boy? Hey, there he is. Well, just I'm like, oh, there you are. Just remember, you don't care. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, but to to close. Um, you spent quite a bit of time before your own career took off as a PA. Yeah. So I'm curious, having your own show with Barry, did you treat the PAs on your own show differently? Or, no. We, or look at them and, and think about, oh, I wonder if any of them have dreams of being... <laughs> oh, let yeah. me just say, Bill is a monster. I'm a monster. <laughs> I have not learned any lessons. Bad guy. Bad guy. No, they were very... Uh, I think we're... I mean, I will say the thing comes from PA and stuff is... I think sometimes people are weirdly afraid of the crew or they don't know how to communicate with the crew and the nice thing or, or know where how a crew works yeah and yeah. I think because I was a PA I know what everyone I don't know how to do everyone's job but I know what everyone's job is because that's what that's your whole thing is going from department to department to department so I get the idea of that should feel like a company and that everybody should be, if everyone's happy and are being acknowledged. And I know how much it meant to me as a PA if the lead of the show or the actor or the director acknowledged us in any way or said, hey, good job just walking by. It meant the world. What advice would you have for, for the people who are... PAs and PAs stuff. PAs in the, the I, bottom rung of oh, the Oh, I would just say the big lesson I learned, but I learned it six years later, was try to do something creative. I mean, that's why I started taking Second City classes, was because you move out to L.A., and I didn't, you know, I don't know anybody, and then you say, well, I'm going to, I guess, just get on film sets and learn how this works. And then you do that, and you realize, you know, five years have passed, and you haven't written anything, you haven't shot anything, you haven't acted in anything, you... You know what I mean? You're just getting your days so you can become an AD or I got into post-production and then I was like, well, I guess I could be an assistant editor. And you, and it was a friend, actually. I didn't even do A friend said to me, hey, you should take classes at Second City with me, you know? And if, if he had never done that, I wouldn't be sitting here. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, that's why I kind of moved out here. You know, so... And I think at the end, you know, so you, you got to... As exhausted as you are and tired, you have to kind of take a PA job, do the movie, do one full movie, if you could do that, and then just start writing stuff and making stuff. And now, with, I sound like an old man, but with the internet and everything, I, did, I mean, we would actually make our short films and have them on VHS tapes and have them in the trunk of our car on the off yeah. chance you would see someone who would, and they would say, oh, I'd love to see one of your films. Stay right there. 
and then they'd be melted and yep. crappy yeah. in the back of the car, and then... Did I remember... Did the guys do that, too? I'm sure. I don't know. Well, no, their stuff was online. They the did. first time I saw somebody with one of those business cards that was also a DVD, did yeah. you see those? And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. my God. How'd you do that? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that uh, and, and that was kind of... But you don't also want to be pushy. Mm-hmm. You want to be a cool person, and you want to, you know. That to me is the one piece of advice I always give to anybody: is just don't be an asshole. Yeah, like, don't that's be an so asshole. So much of it, like the yeah. number of people who are like, "Hey, can you read this script?" Um, and then give it to your agent, and can you do it tomorrow? No, you know, no, that's not how it works. That's, that's not. Well, you're asking me for two hours know, of my time. The amount of people I know who've done very well here, who are, I know people who are insanely talented, but who are assholes. And if it's between that person and a person who is kind of talented, but is on time, super cool person, nice, does their job, chill, people will go with that person before they go with the insanely talented person. Because it just, it's, it, they, after a while, it just gets in life too short. Yeah. Well, when you hire writers on a staff, that's part of the, the calculus is like, are they talented? Can they do the work? Are, do they have great ideas? And also... Do I want to spend twelve hours a day for four months oh, locked in a small we room? Were saying, we're, we're, you know, we were talking about writing staffs, and that, that's that's what happens. You, that's actually kind of the first question you ask is, "Hey, are they cool? Right. You know, can you hang with them? Are they nice?" And we said, "There's sometimes you email and you get an email back going, that's awesome, yeah.' And then it's those people you email, and then immediately your phone rings. Yeah, <laughs> you know, oh brother, hello, yeah. okay, life. Yep. Do not <laughs> yeah. hire this person. How's this person? Call me." Call me. And you're like, ah, shit. Okay. <laughs> well, enough about Silicon Valley season five. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, yeah. uh, that, that also note, happened. All right. On that note, thank you so much for your Thanks. time, Alex. Yeah, Everybody you guys here. Thank, thank you. Thank yeah. You. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Last things first. Last things first.